Welcome to Adventures in Evaluation Podcast with James Coyle and Kylie Hutchinson. Hey everybody, I'm James Coyle. I'm an internal evaluator in a large regional health authority. And I'm Kylie Hutchinson. I'm an external evaluation consultant currently working as an internal evaluator. And together we make Adventures in Evaluation. So, Kylie, it sounds like you have a little bit of a surprise for me. What's up? Um, I do have a surprise for you, James. So, have a listen to this. And we're just about set here for race number six. It's the first ever Evaluation Derby. And a fairly good feeling for this one. Utilisation focused, having a tremendous impact already on the crowds and the intended users. We'll have to keep monitoring this one's performance throughout the race. Participatory looks to be sweating up a little as he moves into the barrier. There's empowerments. It will not only be trying to win, but encouraging the others to do the same. An unusual tactic. Uh, developmental has the blinkers on first time for this, so he just doesn't go off a track again. And goal-based looks good again with that clear outcome in his side, staring down the target at the finish line just around the corner. And they are just about set. They're all in. Lights on. Racing now, they're off in a fairly good line. Developmental leads them out as Paysetter, but really looks to be heading off to the unknown. Uli Utilisation focus sits in behind with empowerment. One out, one back in third, making sure everyone's keeping up. Gold Bay sitting comfortably just in front of participatory, struggling already with no input from his stakeholders early. As they hit around the first turn, it's Utilisation Focus now taking the lead from Developmental. Empowerment starting to look for a gap for all the other horses to come through, but nothing yet. Gold Bay still happy to sit back off the pace with the target always in mind. And Participatory still looking up into the stands for help, but not getting anything back. The pace is starting to pick up now. They're 400 out now as they come down the straight. On he comes, goal-based. He can smell the outcome dead ahead and he's going for it. He's five wider moving up. Utilisation focus still has a nose in front of developmental and empowerment. Goal-based is still coming and joins the leaders. They're right across the track. Utilisation focus, developmental, empowerment and goal-based. Goal-based is going away from them now. Oh, it's goal-based. Goal-based is the winner of the first annual evaluation derby. Utilisation focus not far away in second, just in front of empowerment and developmental. You can forget about the rest. And he steps into the winner's circle now. Oh, but what's this? He's gone past the winner's circle without stopping. He's clearly not interested in using the results of this tremendous outcome. And behind him comes... Oh, yes. Yes, it's utilisation focused. Utilisation focused is the new winner. And what an effect he's having on these results. We've seen some incredible performance indicators here today, folks. I hope you had a win here today in the first ever Evaluation Derby. What the heck was that? There's this guy who says, I will record anything you want as a horse race. <laughs> and so, and I so like that. I thought, oh, okay. Well, you know, people are always kind of like, they have a choice of an approach. <laughs> so so who won? So goal-based won. Oh, goal-based won by a nose. But it sounded like uh, maybe there was an error. No, no, no. Goal-based goal base won, but he wasn't used, He wasn't interested in using the results. Ah. So he went, went on and then you... Utilization focused steps into the ring because people more interested in using the results. Wow. What encouraged you to get someone to do that anyway? Well, you know, I've been, James, I've been working on these various e learnings and M learnings and, and looking at um, evaluation approaches, as some people call them, or I guess they're also called models or types of evaluation. And it, it just struck me that. 
there's there's such a diversity of of approaches to an evaluation and they're always postulated by one person or another and then people kind of fall into different camps like I like participatory or or he's got an Australian accent so how does he say it pa- pa- participatory yeah <laughs> participatory and um, and then others you know are, are real cheerleaders for developmental and and so what happens was that Susan Kistler has always been talking about Fiverr as this great little website where you can get anybody to do something for you for five dollars and so I saw this guy advertising I will record anything as a horse race for five dollars and I thought well that's a really neat way of kind of just explaining all the different approaches to evaluation and and uh, how sometimes they they seem to be kind of competing with each other. What this horse race reminds me of is that approaches are actually different and need to be distinguished from type. And, you know, in training we do or conversations we have with a lot of customers, we often talk about, you know, what type of evaluation do you need? What's its use going to be, right? Is it going to be a process? Is it going to be a formative? Is it going to be a summative? And the topic of, of all these different approaches um, you know, tends to get talked about a little bit, but it's never really broken down into all these different categories or all these different horses. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, there's certainly some approaches that regardless of the type, we usually um, we usually take on in our workplace and we can talk a bit about some of the ones that you and I do. Um, but, you know, the list of approaches, and particularly there's a, an article or two by Paul, um, I hope I pronounce his name right, Dugnan? Oh, I don't know. I see it all the time, though. D-U-I-G-N-A-N? Yeah, he's got a great um, a great couple of articles on terminology and evaluation and the importance of distinguishing approaches from types and methods and analysis techniques and designs. And so when you look at the list he's got, I mean, your horse race guy would have probably lost his mind. I think there's like, he's, he usually lists like 12 of them. Right. Um, the one horse I have to say that was, I would be interested to figure out how we how he speaks to it is goal free evaluation. Have you ever heard of that one? I have. Yeah, that's a Michael Scriven. Yeah. One. Yeah. yeah so sort of in a response to strict goal based, you know, um, having the evaluator be a lot more sort of blind to what the goals are, less biased, and you know, really just go in and see actually what's happening. Yeah, so it, it it's funny. I'm I'm making all these notes as you're talking, James. So first of all, I think I, I was limited to five horses, and so that was that was kind of an interesting practice in itself because I thought, okay, in my experience, what are the five most common approaches? And I really like the term approaches as opposed to they're definitely not types, as you say. When I hear mm-hmm. of, when I think of types of evaluation, I think process evaluation, outcome evaluation, also known as formative evaluation or summative or cost uh, benefit or something like that. Approaches to me are uh, kind of are overlaid on top of the type of evaluation. So you can Mm -hmm. do an outcome evaluation using a developmental approach or you can do an outcome evaluation using a participatory approach. And I guess the other term that we hear thrown around a lot too is models as well. And so uh, I tend to think of the term approach and model as as synonymous. But, you know, this whole thing of evaluation terminology, I mean, it it's a huge problem. What one person calls an outcome evaluation, another person calls an impact evaluation. And, and it really can just kind of, for the newbie in the field, it can really mess things up. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, that Paul does a nice job, I think, of um, 
of distinguishing the different approaches, but tends to advocate that really when you're working with customers, it's probably more useful just to focus on types. Right. And make sure that that is perfectly clear. Um, the approach question is one I've had with my team a number of times. And, and, you know, since we've mentioned it and since it's got a horse with blinkers on, I think it had is this developmental one has really been a bit of a catalyst for me to have to distinguish them. And I still, to be honest, not sure if developmental isn't uh, a bit of a beast that uh, dances in different categories. It feels definitely like an approach in many ways when I read through uh, Michael's and others materials, but it, it also feels and sounds like a type when you put it in a book and you stand it up next to Right. Other one. So for that one, I kind of, you know, I kind of swing both ways. Yeah, you know, my 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 feeling on developmental is I I'm more comfortable putting it in the as an approach, just because you use a developmental approach um, with an unfolding, evolving, innovative program, but you're still going to be kind of using, you're still going to be looking at process evaluation aspects of that program or you you will be looking at evaluating outcomes of that program mm -hmm. but it's just it's just how you choose to do it but you you raise an interesting point there um a number of things you know how um paul paul was saying that he likes to just kind of stick with type when you're working with different customers or, or clients as i call them or as other people call them evaluants which um you know goes back to that whole overlapping terminology thing i've just i've never liked that term evaluant i don't know about you um i didn't actually know what it was for the first few years of my practice yeah i know now I know. we know that it is that which is being evaluated yes exactly um and so what I tend to do, given this diversity of terms and stuff or these overlapping terms, I tend to go with what the client feels comfortable with. What are they, are they, you know, calling it an impact assessment or are they calling it an outcome evaluation? Or more importantly, what is their funder calling it? Because I often work with a lot of not-for-profit organizations and they may have um, an evaluation template that they have to follow from, you know, this particular government department mm -hmm. or this this funder and mm -hmm. they unfortunately there's no consistency among all funders either so i tend to just kind of go with what with what they use well let's explore what kind of approaches you use because i mean here's the other thing too is many evaluators are methodologically agnostic because you know really the type or even the approach doesn't necessarily determine what methods you're going to use, of course. And, and it's important for people that are new to the field to distinguish the methods from these. So right. let's focus on approaches. What kind of approaches do you tend to use? Well, again, that's a really good point, um, James, because uh, if you said in general, I would say I use a participatory approach. And that's usually, that's mostly because my clients tend to be not-for-profits mm -hmm. and they don't do very well with you coming in and kind of calling the shots as the evaluator. They want to be consulted during the process. They want to be considered stakeholders. They want input into what's being evaluated and and how. So mm. I'm still there kind of as the as the evaluation methodology expert, but I'm, I'm really drawing on my facilitation skills. Mm. Um, so that's uh, but then I find that, you know, with my with my typical evaluation contract, um, I'm doing a mixture of types. Uh, I, uh, it's very rare that I'm doing just an outcome evaluation. There's often mm -hmm. process elements included in that. And similarly, I'm using a diversity of approaches that um, 
we have so for example there's one that i just wrapped up it was a year and a half long and it was very clearly a developmental evaluation we we didn't really know what the intervention was going to be what the program would look like it started out with a needs assessment and so you know i was there at the table ready to evaluate whatever popped up you know once we knew what the actual intervention was going to be and then when the intervention needed to change then we adapted and so i was doing all that developmental stuff but the funder also had some very very clear outcomes that they wanted the project to achieve because it, it was um this this funding stream was across the country and there was different organizations and mm -hmm. they really wanted to be able to roll up the results right into right. kind of some common so that brought in some goal-based aspect to it um uh so you know there's three different approaches in one go mm -hmm. so so that's mostly my experience i don't know what yours is like in in the health sector well, like you, I don't think my work is usually wedded to one single approach for every evaluation. But, you know, I'll be honest, the utilization focus lens, you know, and it could be, you know, that I'm a big fan of, you know, he who shall not be named anymore. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, making stuff useful and making sure, you know, in large organizations, you don't just produce a report that goes nowhere, does nothing, affects no one. Right. Utilization focus is almost always forefront of my mind, and that seems to work for, for most clients. Yeah. Uh, like you, um, maybe it's just also my style or my thinking as well that to get something used, what supports that is a participatory element. Right. And, and you know, part of that is maybe a little easier for me um, in, in the kind of organization I'm in because I tend to have, you know, some knowledge or can build a relationship or have better access to internal staff. But in some cases, you know, there isn't the time or there isn't the interest, um, you know, for everybody to be able to participate. And, you know, and there's varying degrees of what participatory means, and there's lots written on. Participa participatory doesn't mean that they had a chance to review the report once before it got sent out. <laughs> Right? No, I mean, certainly not. Well, but that's, you know, and that's a problem is that a lot of people yeah. think, well, they had participation in the work. Yeah. You know, participation really means something a bit deeper. And so where I can, I like to have that so long as it um, works for them, their availability, respects their time, and it also doesn't slow us down too much. So the other element that I think we, we do tend to incorporate is Fetterman's empowerment evaluation. And the place we tend to try and um, do that is within this evaluation training cohort uh -huh. where we take, you know, six or however many teams and we guide them on the side as opposed to teach them like Sage on stage. Over six months, we meet them once a month. Uh, we bring them through the usual evaluation curriculum and they do their own evaluation, right? Yeah. But we're there to sort of help empower them and, and in a way that's, you know, um, going to bring their competencies up, have them, you know, fully engaged in doing the evaluation work. So that's where we tend to do more empowerment work. And, and similar to you, I think there's a lot of goal-based uh, evaluation um, where we have these explicit, um, you know, theories of change, uh, clear goals and objectives are stated by the program, and we can do that. For me, the, the one that's a little bit um, the dark horse is that goal-free evaluation. And, right. you know, I think in some cases where there's programs who may not have an explicit theory of change, yeah. um, that would probably suit to just go in and actually see what they're doing. 
And, you know, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done this, but create a retroactive or retrospective uh, logic model. You go back and try and figure out what's actually happening. Oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah, because they don't actually have a theory of change. So it's yeah. like, well, am I kind of making a goal-based evaluation out of something that really didn't have them? Because, you know, that that, that, that one's a little murky for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it, it's interesting. I'm, I want to pick up on what you said about the empowerment evaluation. Uh, empowerment evaluation or an empowerment approach um, that is kind of the the brainchild of, of David Fetterman. And I have a completely different perspective of what an empowerment um, approach is than, than what you do. And so, you know, that just kind of shows that we've all got, there's all these different approaches, but within them, we kind of apply them in, in individual ways. So the only kind of true empowerment evaluation or it was an outcome evaluation that used an empowerment approach was one where the purpose of the evaluation was not to actually get really solid data on outcomes. It was actually just to train the women to do the evaluation themselves so that they would have um, increased job skills and life skills and increase their self-esteem. Those were actually the, the outcomes of the evaluation. The evaluation was just a vehicle um, uh, to increase these women, increase their life skills and and their self esteem. So that's how I view empowerment and empowerment approach. But I got to tell you, I really love watching David Fetterman in action. Have you ever seen this man? Like, I have. Okay, he's he's the fastest talker in the world. He's absolutely the most fastest. You know, you can see like his brain is just going on all cylinders. You know, Mach five, and he ha- also has this uh, curious, curious. Um, uh, trait where he never forgets a face. He doesn't remember people's names, but he never forgets a face. And this came home to me about three years ago. I was in one of his presentations or workshops at a conference. And then three years later, I kind of um, was standing with him and Susan Kistler at an AEA conference. And he looks at me and says, I know you from somewhere. <laughs> My jaw just dropped on the floor. But um, what I found interesting was I was having trouble kind of getting my head around empowerment evaluation. And I know he, he once was doing this live webinar through one of the Claremont Graduate School series. And he was there talking about empowerment evaluation and what it is and what it is. And, and I kept thinking, this sounds like developmental. And so I was kind of, you know, having these thoughts to myself. And then a couple of people asked these online questions in the webinar, what's different about this? And and then I, and I mm-hmm. thought, yeah, you know, it seemed to me like da- even David was having trouble kind of articulating um, how empowerment evaluation or an empowerment approach was different from developmental. And that's where I really kind of threw up my hands and said, you know, I don't care if you're the father of developmental or you're the father of utilization focused or, you know, you're the one who's who's discovered or, or de- developed, developed bad word, you're the one who has coined the term empowerment approach. They bleed all, they all bleed into each other. Mm. You know, I mean, I think it would be nice to have... Um... Uh, we're hoping to have uh, Patton on the show here in the fall. It'd be great to have David um, talk a bit about empowerment evaluation. I mean, I, I, as as we often do, or certainly as I do, oversimplify. You know how we you know incorporate it. Uh, you know, or any of these these terms. But I, I appreciate empowerment evaluation as a much more you know broad um, set of principles and, and approaches. And so when I say you know we we train other people to do their own evaluation. You know, I mean, 
that's part of it. But really what we're trying to help that group do is improve their capacity to do evaluation. Usually right. that involves taking a closer look at how they do planning, how they actually are going to implement, um, you know, whatever they find in the recommendations to really, um, you know, uh, foster the ability for them to self-determine their future as a program. Right. And, you know, typically that's reserved in my, my experience with smaller community sectors um, or groups that people you might work with or small not-for-profits. But, um, you know, so in even a large organization, I, I, I see a lot of programs that need to find their own way. And so, you know, speaking maybe a little too high level, but I see the role of helping them um, do their own evaluation, consider their own planning and, and make use of the data yeah. as, as the kind of empowerment approach that I'm doing, which for me is quite different than if I just delivered a course and really didn't take much of an interest in making sure that they were empowered to do any of this kind of work. Right. Um, it'd be just difference between information sharing and actually having a goal in mind where yeah. we ask them afterwards, you know, a year or two down the road, um, do you feel like you've been better able to to do this kind of work and then chart your own course as a program? And so, right. That's, right. I mean, that's a little bit more behind that. It's an interesting, it's a whole interesting field. So we should see if we can get David on. Yeah, I agree. I think he would be great. Yeah. So uh, you got anything else on approaches, this uh, wonderful topic? Um, well, you know, I'll just give people, I'd, I'd really love to, I'd really love to do a session just on evaluation terminology and overlapping overlapping terminology in the future, like a, a podcast. But I will just give people a little heads up that I am working on this um, evaluation glossary that's designed as a mobile app for iPhones and, and iPads. And it's almost done. I'm oh, just just waiting for my developers to do the last edits. And um, What's the name of your app going to be? It all bleeds together? No, but that's a good one. No, it's just going to be about the evaluation glossary. But I, I think if people get a sense of the, the you know, that there is this inconsistency in terms and, and they all kind of come from the same, the same root. And um, aside from that, just this whole area of evaluation approaches that, thank goodness, there is a diversity of approaches that we have. I think, you know, 30 years ago, everybody just, tended to kind of use a goal-based approach and they came in as this expert and I'm going to evaluate your program and these are the ways that it's going to be evaluated. And um, and then, uh, you know, things have changed. But it does make me think, so I should tell you, James, that I'm back now in Canada. I'm back on Canadian soil after having an absolutely fabulous experience um, doing monitoring and evaluation in Africa. And one of the things that I really noticed is you know, there's this kind of pendulum that seems to swing in the field of evaluation between rigor um, in in your evaluation design, and then at the other end, you have, you know, these kind of soft, warm, fuzzy approaches like empowerment and participatory and, and things like this, developmental. And um, I think that pendulum is always going to swing. Like like in international development, it's definitely moving towards the rigor. You know, as much as we can, we want randomized control trials. We want, you know, control groups or quasi-experimental designs. And that that really came home to me while I was while I was overseas. But I get back home and, you know, developmental is on everybody's lips. And mm -hmm. so, um, I mean, yeah, thank goodness there is this diversity of approaches that we have this little kind of toolbox that we can pick and choose from. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing if your app bumps my Cooks Illustrated 
or Twitter app from my front page. What's Cook's Illustrated? Oh, that's a whole other topic. Oh, you mean like gourmet cuisine? Well, it, yeah, you know, it's a magazine and it's a link to America's Test Kitchen, one of my favorite new podcasts. Oh, <laughs> you're so up on your podcast, James. That's I'm great. so into my cooking. Yeah. <laughs> So listen, um, I think that was good. Uh, what uh, we'd like to do is encourage everybody who wants to connect with Kylie and I to uh, visit our website at adventuresandevaluation.podbean.com. You can leave us a message there. You can leave us your protests or suggestions. Or email us, adventuresandevaluationpodcast at gmail.com. And I just wanted to add that if anybody has any interesting guests that they think we should bring on to the show, we're always happy to do that as well. So just include that in your email and uh, we'll have a look-see at them. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Kylie, welcome home. Uh, Thanks. I miss hearing the crickets and hearing about the lizards, um, but I, I, I'm happy to uh, have you on better bandwidth and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, James. And uh, yeah, we've got a whole summer lined up of great topics. So thanks, everybody. Adios. (laughs) Adios. Bye.